This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. Uh, I am once again podcasting from abroad, and by abroad, I mean Maryland. But I am also next to uh, Sophia Gardner and her husband, Peter, Hello. uh, who you may or may not remember from our ESON episode. Today, we're going to answer a uh, potentially a question that Peter asked earlier. Can anything good come out of Delaware? We have, well, Peter has a lot more distrust for Delaware than I do. Which is also, for the record, why uh, uh, his views on Delaware are exemplified in some ways by the coaster that is next to the podcast image that will be for this episode. Uh, For those who don't know the uh, story of the very first great customer complaints in history. Um, Namely, uh, about Ian Nasir and his quote-unquote fine quality copper. Anyway, that's uh, an uh, obscure historical reference for... Oh, and yes, Pippin is here, too. Yes, Pippin is a good boy. <laughs> so, Obi, you're actually vocal on this episode. Until I ask, tell him that he's vocal. Anyway. What we have here is the Harvest Ridge Winery Portela, sorry, which is an Aramelia dessert wine. And if I remember correctly, Aramelia was the name of the grape and not the name of the style. And I guess we will need the corkscrew after all. Told you. I vaguely thought it had one of those caps that you basically like twist off and pull off that has the cork underneath, but uh, it's been a while since I've said this tasty room. Uh, smells good, like honey. Deer. I hope it doesn't smell like deer. So as you may or may not remember from last time, Sophia has synesthesia. As you may or may not remember from pre- many previous times, Pippin likes to steal my alcohol. <laughs> Both equally valid things, I feel like I should point out. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to double check and see if Armelia is a grape or not because, of course, I'm going to do this research on the air because it's 9 o'clock and it's late. And brain not good for smart making. Do-da, do-da. You worry me sometimes. Oh? Yes. Sometimes you're asleep. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's true. And Pippin is, of course, trying to... And what are your tasting notes, Pippin? And succeeding, no. You already had three sips of wine at Bordy Vineyards today. Granted, it was a low alcohol wine of only 10% that I only brought back. Not only brought back, but I brought back. Um, But still, Pippin, no. (laughs) Oh, he likes it enough to try for a second shot. Uh, What do you guys think? Oh, right. I blame the bird distracting me. It sounds interesting. 
So for people who don't remember, my synesthesia translates to, I don't taste things as taste. I taste things as sound, uh, because you know, my brain has to be special. So this sounds different than I expected. So most dessert wines tend to sound like various bodies of water. Depending on the type, we'll tell you what the water's like. But this one, I would almost say it's too acidic to sound like water. Um, it sounds a lot more like rattling tree branches to me. Okay. It's not unpleasant. Um, rattling or, or bad rattling? Um, not ominous rattling or anything. No. Nothing, nothing so we're not more. talking uh, old gods of Appalachia style uh, <laughs> no. ominous rattling. It's more like a soft, gentle breeze rattling. A little, little harder than gentle breeze. More like might be a storm coming kind of breeze. You can hear the trees picking up and you can definitely smell it. But although I can't get a smell from tasting this, I just get the sounds. Um, but yeah, I would almost say it's too acidic to be water. It's just, it's wind instead. It's not unpleasant. It's just a little sharper than I anticipated. Kind of like going out when it's breezy and then a storm starts picking up and you can feel the wind getting stronger. But then you little drunkard. <laughs> Pippin's like, it comes in pints, I'm getting one. You did name him Pippin. Yes, that's true. No, no, no. You stay on my hat. This is not the best glass to uh, do aromatics in, but um, it's really floral. And, and I get like almost like dandelion, daffodils, like yellow flowers and, and, and honey uh, on the nose. A little bit of earth and minerality. Peter, what do you think? Tastes like wine. <laughs> but does it smell like wine? Yeah, I guess in... Well, yeah. But, I mean, wine has a variety. I'm not a wine person, but I am aware that wine comes in multiple um, flavors, so it's not that I don't notice that. It's just that it's wine. Oh, wow, this is... Yeah, it does have a higher acidity. It sounds kind of weird with my Sasha tort. It's not quite, they're not quite meshing the way I'd hoped, which is a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, I do have this, this is lovely not the, chocolate cake and it's just not working. This would definitely be more of a uh, creme brulee or cheesecake one, I think. Hmm. Maybe, although I would feel happier about putting it with cheese because I feel like the sounds would go better. Brie. Melted brie. Yeah, because because melted melted brie is like um, dropping stones on um, the dirt. So, yeah, that with wind works really well. You got to be careful about matching your sounds. I, my taste profile matching stuff doesn't always work to anybody else because it has to sound right. I can't eat in noisy restaurants. Okay. So here's my... You should wait 16 years and do something, do a podcast with Susie. When, about, because our daughter loves Swiss five. She loves cheese with a deep and abiding passion. Very similar to Cody's love of wine. Yes. So, in like 16 years, you should do a wine and cheese joint podcast with her. That could be fun. Assuming we still have a podcast then and not like download your brain or whatever. That would be terrifying. No one wants my synesthesia. Don't download my brain. You know, no one like, wants to know what horrors lurk in my head. I'll be, oh no, I can't taste this anymore. I can only hear weird wind rattling. 
Now, speaking of, of <laughs> cheese and wine pairings and sounds, my immediate thought, thinking of Aspen Forests, um, is there a cheese whose taste profile to you sounds like maybe a stone skipping across a pond? That's less of a cheese sound, but the closest I could get would be um, something softer, kind of mm, like a camembert, maybe, but even that's a little heavy for skipping stones. Skipping stones is not really a cheese sound. Okay, I'm just thinking of a, sto- a sound that's... Cheese whiz should not be spoken of, okay? That's not a cheese. That sounds like the creaky garbage can lid, all right? <laughs> you know it's good cheese when they have to misspell cheese on the oh, God. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Even Pippin's disparaging. <laughs> so would, would Manus Shepherds have to be so, so the example so that you have to misspell wine? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, although I, I learned from uh, an interesting cultural article that there is a huge uh, role of Manischewitz that I was not aware of in black culture. Yeah. That I, I was it. shocked. I think I read the same article about. you did. I was, I was fascinated to learn about this. It's just something as, as a vanilla white boy, uh, not to be confused with vanilla ice or wasn't there someone called vanilla white? I, I have no idea. I don't know either. You have to um, ask cool people about that, and that is not here. Yes, yeah, we're cool in the, the wrong ways according to regular society. I did just have to go put on something warmer because it was getting cold. Does that count? Sure, honey. Okay. But uh, anyway, you know, as a as a white person who doesn't know you know much. Because, you know, sheltered life living in Arizona where there are not really any POC other than Latinos, which some people would probably argue are not POC. Um, But that's uh, into a whole philosophical argument we probably don't have time or the expertise for. You should not ask a group of white people about that. Exactly. That's my point. Yes. Um, As a group of white people and, well, of two white people and a Slavic person. Um, as per our discussion earlier today in the car that obviously no one knows about other than us. Uh, and now we're going to leave that ominously because we'll let Peeper be very confused. <laughs> okay, <It's> Kopi. Not- <laughs> I really have not had all that much to drink, actually. <laughs> it's just that we are tired. I have been running around Maryland uh, for many days. Okay, not that many days, but also I have been exhausted by three minions of Sophia that she has created. I'm not sure they're really her minions because you'd expect minions to be a bit more more cooperative. My life is under control of an army that I created in my own uterus. Yeah, pretty much that. Uh, and whenever I come, it's like, we must play with Cody every spare second and try to wake him up early. Mm-hmm. And today, even though they were told because they were fighting over who got to wake me up, that... The fight over not waking you up woke you up, as I recall. Yes, the fight over not waking me up is what woke me up. <laughs> Look, I was making coffee and just trying to keep anybody from dying. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> success rate you've got so far. <laughs> Unless there are children buried in the backyard that I don't know about. Not that you know about. We'll leave it at that. 
Like that time Mary ran around, or, or you know, this is a duplicate husband from the time you ran around with a knife. Oh, God. You're <laughs> asking I have not actually murdered anyone, just for the record here. I thought I'd point that out. Yes. As far as I can tell. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Would you like more? A little, sure. Peter? Uh, is this the bottle we're doing tonight? Yes. Then mm-hmm. sure. So you're saying that this makes you feel like Aspen Forests. Well, if I'm... At the very least, that's kind of... In my head, when you say sticks rattling... It's just the wrong shape of stick. So not Aspen's, okay. No, what, no. What kind of tree? Help me out here. Like a very thick deciduous forest... So, backyard. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but heavy, end of summer, gonna be a thunderstorm, heavy air, wind blowing kind of thing. It's it's its own sound. I don't know how else to describe it. So, associated sounds that would work with that in my head, admittedly, this is my head, Mm -hmm. Um, not yours. Thankfully. To, yeah, to talk about parents here. (laughs) Um, My mind to your mind. Thunder. Okay, so that would be like. Pattering rain. Okay, so lightly pattering rain. So so thunder would be like chilies, something spicy. Okay. Which might actually be too acidic to go with this, but it would depend on what the spicy thing was. Pepper jack. Pepper jack cheese would do well. Okay. Yes, because that would be balanced out. It isn't something I would ordinarily pair, and it's close to thunder. Not quite, but it's yeah. I can kind what of about get it. soft rains? Um, soft rains are usually sweeter. Um, depending on what the rain is raining on. Is it raining on dirt, or is it raining on a path, or is it raining on a puddle? In my head, <laughs> um, it's basically the place where Peter sent all of those photos. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so if, if it's light rain hitting the middle of the woods, we're talking, like, soft greens. So, mm-hmm. like very heavily steamed spinach or something like very soft greens like that. Something that tastes kind of earthy. Mushrooms. Green cheese, that'll be the moon, right? I I, I think I I may have an idea. Portobello mushrooms. Yeah, that sounds right. Stuffed with pepper jack cheese. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe some sort of herb topping. Yeah, that would work. That, you have to be careful with the herbs. You don't want to go too sharp, so I would stay away from basil. Um, that wouldn't sound Maybe bad. sage? Sage would work very well, because sage is very similar to the sound of steamed spinach. Okay. I'm. This is a very weird insight into my brain. I'm not sure anybody actually needs to know what it sound like. <laughs> Just think, when you ever need to talk to a neurologist about how your brain works, you can point them to this podcast. You've already done half the work. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> uh, honestly, I really do wish that someone would do a study on wine tasting and synesthesia. Because uh, I think you would have a lot of really cool insights into how the brain processes taste since wine is so subjective. So if you have three people in a room who have a similar sort of audio synesthesia as you, where taste comes across as sound, will they taste this wine the same or will they taste it differently? Well, that would and, be weird. And if they taste it the same, then you can see, okay, why are these neural pathways the same? If they taste differently, what do these different associations mean and why do they happen? Is it a result of where they're from or where they're growing up or how they're growing up or just genetics or what? It's like I know multiple people with synesthesia who think that the number three is green. It's purple. 
Obviously it's green. green. It's green, obviously. Uh, my synesthesia for color number relation is not very strong. It's incredibly mild. It's more like I have an awareness of it. Unlike Peter's, which is so strong that he has been known to recite color patterns to me instead of numbers. Um, that I makes, did? Oh, yes. When How you're tired was I? Very, but still, now I'm recording phone numbers really hard. <laughs> I'm super curious now what the color pattern of my cell phone number is. Uh, actually, I can show you on one of... Alright, one of the kids' toys. Okay. Because this was my toy when I was growing up. And what happened One is, is purple. He memorized it. Two is blue. Three is green. Four is dark green. That's turquoise. Teal. Whatever. He Five is yellow. Teal. Six is missing. Seven is pink. <laughs> Eight is red. And what color is six? It's being ground out by the colors right now. <laughs> but I do actually sometimes use this navigation when I look at highway numbers. I can, just, I can recognize a highway number by its color. Huh. And he's been known to give me phone numbers as a series of colors. That is not He's like common. red, yellow, green, blue, yellow, orange. Just please stop Six talking. Is orange, okay. So please, please stop talking. So <laughs> this is going to require a lot more work in my head to figure out. You'll have to write it down for me later. Uh, welcome to the uh, Make America Synesthesia Again podcast. <laughs> uh, featuring the Harvest Ridge Portella Aromelia dessert wine. So Aromelia is the grape. Uh, it's a very new grape. It just was released not too long ago. Um from Cornell. Uh, in fact, it's so new it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Uh, you could fix that. I could, but I don't know enough about how this grape grows. Uh, it may also, well, it may not even be in Jancis Robinson's uh, wine grapes book, which I did not bring because I didn't feel like bringing a 20 pound book in uh, 15 pounds of luggage when I could carry more wine. Uh, because the next podcast we're going to be recording with Sophia and Peter is going to be three sparkling wines from England. Whee! And I'm excited. So anyway. Europe grape. Mm-hmm. Or not Europe anymore. Yeah. So, uh, it was released from Cornell and officially announced in 2013. Uh, Aramella, basically it's an Aramella comes from arom aromatic because of the little aromatic one if you were to translate it from Italian because uh, it's very small bunches and uh, it's winter hardy but also it's super aromatic as we can see. It's got this floral pattern. Dandelions, that's the yellow flower I'm thinking of and spelling in here. You, you mentioned it's it. Like fresh, I did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, then... We have really plenty out of it in the yard. You're welcome to as many as you want. Have you sprayed with pesticide? No. no. Okay. Because that could be a weird project for you guys to make a dandelion wine. I'm sorry. I just, my brain started trying to recite dandelion wine by Ray Bradbury to me. I have to dislodge that part of my brain. Somehow I never finished that book. Yeah, it's Ray Bradbury. You never do. I, yeah, I read the Martian Chronicles. That was taste. a you get sort of weird... <laughs> It was weird or the wrong way for me, so it took a while. Of course I like it. <laughs> I can read the short stories, no problem, because I can do those in bite-sized quantities before it gets the wrong kind of weird for me, but the novels are harder. I think I've read... 
his Yeah, his short higher. stories are better. Yes, but I think I've read um, almost his complete written works. I, mean, I went through a heavy phase in middle school. It was weird. If I want really weird science fiction, I go with Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. I, weirdly enough, have not read any of him yet. What? We can fix that. I know, I'm so behind in books. I have not had the wherewithal to really focus on reading since the incident. Yes, but um, perhaps... Even on the plane, I could only read like about 10 pages at a time. Normally, I could devour whole books on the plane. It's sad, and I, it's like, I miss that. We could get... Audiobooks while you do something with your eyes, like play a dice game or play solitaire while you listen to audiobooks so that your brain can be doing two things at once, it helps. Hmm. That's what my therapist said. Huh. This is free therapy for all of you. If you have autism and ADHD like I do, try and doing I... two things at once, and then you'll be able to process both of them. Can't play solitaire or listen to an audiobook? Try both at once. This is why I play Candy Crush. It's so I can listen to my audiobooks. I guess I definitely don't have ADHD then. No, we already knew that. Yeah, no. You can focus. <laughs> just, just the autism. Sometimes, not always, but I, mean, I think everyone has trouble sometimes. Yeah. Just, just the autism there, dear. Oh, yeah. Now, just because this was just released does not mean that this grape, uh, well, it's still fairly new, um, but it uh, was bred at Cornell University's New York State Agricultural Experiment Station, and I feel like there should be a number after that, <laughs> in Geneva, New York, uh, from a cross between Tremignet and Ravat 34. The cross was made in 1976. Seedlings were planted in 1978. The wine was first made from this grape in 1983. Good year. And the original seedling vine, known as NY76.0844.24. So what you're saying is it's robotic. Beep, 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 boop. Uh, was then cloned for further testing in 1990. Uh, so anyway, mid-seasoning, mid-ripening, winter hardy, so it's good for uh, cold climates like Delaware. Uh, we'll get into that uh, argument about why Delamere is a horrible thing. It is. Uh, but anyway, it's been used for research fermentation. I love how oh, research fermentations is the, the official term for, like, practice wines. Uh, that's what happens when rich people make moonshine. Yes. It's like, mm, yeah, so we're it's doing the collagens. <laughs> I mean, I did, yeah. they make for, their, for class and the stuff they make for the dorm. Yeah. But anyway... So research research fermentations again. I love that. <laughs> I knew some people in college who were definitely doing some research fermentation. I know uh, Megan's boyfriend, Megan, who's usually on this podcast, uh, and I'm Adam, who's been on the last few. Uh, he did a research fermentation on a beer in college that has turned into a standard beer recipe, which you would like. It's coffee stout. I don't usually like coffee. You would like this one. I say I'm I'm the one who says coffee stout. Thank you. I, it's okay. I drink a sweeter wine, but I would like my beer to bite me back. So I like a stout that's heavy enough for me to set things on top of the liquid and not sink. That's what she said. Thank you. I'm okay with this. Anyway. <laughs> so, I just don't like coffee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, apparently categorized across the board in all these research fermentations. Uh, with notes of pineapple, honeysuckle, citrus peel, and floral muscat character. And I can definitely see some of those characters here. So I think we should plant them in the front yard when the tree finally dies? <laughs> you can probably get them. There's actually a link here, or a, a discussion here. Uh, vines of Aromalia can be purchased from licensed nurseries for a 
a list of licensees or to become a licensee, contact Jessica Leaga, Cornell Center for Technology, blah, blah, blah. Uh, vi virus tested cuttings can be obtained from Foundation Plant Services, University of California, UC Davis. When that, when that tree finally kicks the bucket or whatever it is the trees do, then uh, we're going to talk to you about the vines plant. If you want to be really, really... Uh, Frankenstein about it, you can try crossing uh, Aramelia with your Concord. <laughs> the Concord is a practice that I may plan to just to make sure we know how to not kill a grapevine. Yeah. Frank and grape, and it's not doing so great because the cicadas love it. It's doing better now. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess we netted it and now everything's staying off it. It might, it might actually be better off planting a muscadine musca, vine here anyway. Muscadine vine of the muscovy duck and... Uh, <laughs> No, that's it. <laughs> I know some muscovites, so... There you go. You, you, they don't only need the muskox, and then you get the whole, the whole set. Well, yeah. Um, it definitely has that pineapple character. That city is so strong and so big, though. It really, really is. This is what keeps it from being water. Does it remind you of that uh, pineapple we found in the forest yesterday? It does, actually. We found a pineapple in the forest. There are strange things in the woods here. <laughs> that sounded way more ominous we than it should We are punishing. <laughs> okay, someone's been listening to too much old vine. Oh, old vines about Lachia. That's your newest podcast. <laughs> old vines about Lachia, the world's finest muscadine podcast. Oh, we're fairly certain that the pineapple did not actually grow here. <laughs> and there's those rotted bananas next to it. Yes, also probably not grow there with the sticker still on it. Yeah. This is somebody chucking their produce into the woods. I don't know what the trees did to offend them. The banana okay. peel, I can understand. Trees. I can understand. They You're eating a banana in the forest. <laughs> the banana peel is biodegradable. Bi bi you have to toss the banana peel aside. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's not going to grow here. It's too cold. But the intact whole pineapple. And you didn't bring it home out of curiosity? It was, was uh, it uh, a few days. days. Oh, okay. And it had been out there for a few days. It was starting to rot. <laughs> But there was, there was nothing missing from it as far as we could tell. We didn't yeah. look at it closely, but it was just, they dropped their pineapple. That sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh man. That guy, he totally dropped his pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> so, why are you surprised? First of all, Peter, do you like this? It's fine. Is it better than anything you expected to come from Delaware? Uh, it's better than credit cards. Yes, this is true. So, Peter, uh, give us your rant on uh, why Delaware is the source of all evil. Here Thanks to the Interstate Commerce Clause. My go-to-bed alarm just went off. This has nothing to do with the Interstate Commerce Clause. Hold on a second. I hope you have strong editing equipment. <laughs> I'm not going to bed now. Let's try More? this. Let's try this again, and you can uh, edit only a little bit left, so. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, thanks to the Interstate Commerce Clause. No, for me. You sure? That's yeah. literally like, okay. Then you're going to enjoy it more than me. Chug, chug, um, chug, 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 So, any, it doesn't matter which state you live in, you can enter into a contract with, in, with the entity based in any other state based on that other state's laws. Because of that, Whatever state has the highest maximum interest rate, that is the maximum interest rate for the entire country. Delaware does not have a maximum interest rate, which means thanks to Delaware and also South Dakota, but Delaware is a lot more convenient, so that's where, the, that's where most of them are based. 
thanks to Delaware, there is no maximum interest rate in, in the United States, and usury laws in any other state are completely unenforceable because no other state has the capacity to actually enforce these, thanks to the Delaware, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Visa. Pierre has a very strong now, feeling. If Delaware was to come to their senses and kick Visa out and actually put a maximum interest rate, then it would just be South Dakota. But that's a lot less convenient. But I'm all in favor of kicking both Delaware and South Dakota out of the union entirely so that we can actually put some restrictions on these credit card companies a bit and limit how much interest they can actually charge. That would be good. Or usually card companies, I prefer to call them. And meanwhile, my problem was uh, I could not rent a car uh, apparently without having a credit card because I'm from Arizona no one can trust me um, which was from being Arizona more from its state law which apparently was not state law the last time I visited um, because I was able to rent a car just fine as you remember uh, from the Great Depression track of what year was that, 2019? No. Yes. Was it? Yeah. It was pre-COVID, and it was around my birthday. And I had just gotten fired from Passion. The thing is, was it pre-Elijah or post-Elijah? Oh, it was post-Elijah. It was his second visit to see Elijah. Oh, okay, great. So it would be 2019 because he yes. came for Thanksgiving 2018 for his baptism. And Thanksgiving. Yes. Well, yeah. They were the same weekend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he came again a few months later for his birthday, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then the pestilence struck. Yes. And we haven't we must seen all him. cross ourselves. We haven't seen him since the blade. Yes. And I, 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 we can blame credit cards for it. Uh, I used my credit card to buy a mask. Does that cancel out? Possibly. Okay. So wait, why is credit cards responsible for COVID? Pestilence punishing us for a sense. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm not, I, don't think, I don't think it's just credit cards, but... Yeah, no, I'm going to say, oh boy, let me tell you, there's a lot of sins in America. Yes, but you must understand that usury is Peter's favorite to tell people how evil they are about. It's like some people like to rant at other people about sex. Some people like to rant at other people about smoking or drinking, God forbid. Peter likes to tell you how evil you are for using a credit card too much, and then we... No, not for, you, no, not for using the credit card. Okay, yeah, that's for fair. For owning the credit card company. Yes, he's okay with you personally using a credit card. I mean, I have one. I use it. I'm not a big fan of it, but you know, that's life these days. Uh, it's kind of like uh, owning money to the Fay. It uh, is a little. There's really no difference. And really, I have been trying to avoid that, and this trip has taught me that I need to just suck it up. If you don't, and have, if you don't have the mark on your forehead and your right hand, you can't buy or sell this economy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is not entirely being sarcastic, not in case y'all enough. wondered. Do you see what I mean about this cake not quite matching the wine? <laughs> okay, chew and swallow, Cody. Sorry, <laughs> I was doing my best Anna impression. I can tell. Anna's my eldest, and that's how she eats. That's how all of my children mm. eat. No, but at least it's not Susie, which is stuffing everything into his mouth with both hands and... Please. <laughs> I was just saying, we should tell the story about how uh, Annis 
decided to solve my being single problem. Oh yeah, so my eldest daughter, eight years old, is a little disturbed that her favorite Uncle Cody is uh, still single. And she decided she could fix this easily. She was going to somehow freeze him. Not like in a deep freezer or something Carbonite. like that. Carbonite maybe, but just kind of freeze time, but only for him. And save him somewhere until she's an adult. And then unfreeze him and marry him. See, this is actually the plot of a Heinlein novel. Yes, it is. And if anybody out there has read any Heinlein, then you'll understand why that makes it even creepier. The door into summer, if anyone's wondering. <sighs> I have not read any of those novels. I apologize. Um, feel free to read them, but you should understand that you will come away feeling uncomfortably squeaky. And maybe Not with all of them, but with Dora in the Summer, yes. 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 It's, it's a really fun concept. I like the story, but there's some parts of it that are a little squeaky, as you say. Mm. But the, the weirdest thing about it is that that particular aspect of the story is completely irrelevant to the plot. Yes, it's Not island. quite as irrelevant as the, as the other novel, um, I forget what it's called. In which, like, the very last page is, and by the way, he married his great niece. That is weird. Out just, of nowhere. I sometimes I read a bunch of Heinlein and then I feel like maybe I should contact his descendants and apologize. Yeah, they all know. Uh, yeah, I know. That also like reminds, I hope I hope all y'all family had like um, resources. That also reminds me of uh, uh, overly sarcastic productions. There, her video Red's take on Red's take on uh, uh, a Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, God. <laughs> Cheap thoughts with Robert Heinlein. Anyway. The Stranger in the Strange Land is when he just stopped, decided to stop hiding it. Yeah. And stopped being subtle about it. He says, you know what I'd like? Weird sex. All so, the time. With I multiple people. I actually haven't read a, I'm related to. I haven't read a whole lot of Heinlein he wrote after A Stranger in a Strange Land. That's okay. That's pretty much what I thought, yeah. I I tried and um Some of the stuff's good. I've read a few things and I've read some things that are Satisfiable. That is just a line. Like, you get past that and you realize it was not a one-off. It was just that this is how I write now and you know I was in high school, and I figured if I wanted smut, I could probably find some that was better tailored to my tastes. That's what the internet is for. Like what that uh, one girl said to you in the in the bookstore that one time. Oh, this will give you the interestings. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that is how someone referred to um, the experience of reading smut. She said, "This will give you the interestings." So uh, I guess that's what they were calling it. I don't know. Never much my thing, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the interesting. That, that might also be what this podcast is called. <laughs> We've broken your podcast, Cody. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, honey, it's been broken for a long time. Okay. Probably. As I try to get pictures for this podcast with... Uh, Sophie in the background with her kitchen. I'm moving, I'm moving. Please don't photograph my kitchen. <laughs> it looks a lot nice today. A lot nice today. I can't, you, I can't Ooh, make I work. Ooh, I wiped the stove. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you know, every little bit counts. So anyway, uh, I'm not going to really talk about the label of this one for one because Megan, our uh, graphics design person slash, uh, what did I call her on that one episode? Uh... 
passive aggressive design woman, passive aggressive, no, passive aggressive was not the word. Uh, snarky graphics designer, maybe? Maybe that was it? Uh, basically, I passed off the labels and asked her to talk about it, but uh, she commented on the very similar label uh, of the Cab Franc Rosé from Harvest Ridge that featured in the Cab Franc Rosé podcast, which has not been posted and has now been rediscovered. Yeah, I thought I lost it, and then I found it in a different folder, and I swear it wasn't there before. It was kind of weird. I'm just like, okay. Pippin, you're after the wine again. Yeah, but he's making a nice ringing sound on the side of the class. He is. No, he's frozen there. Out comes... Chaos got one? No. No. And that's my cue. Aww. Ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, you got a toast. Okay. Um, it's empty, but... Well, hold on. Uh, just let him toast empty. Okay. He'll be sad. Ah. Make America great again. To the interesting. There's a drop in here. <laughs> there you go. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com.